Welcome to this episode of DQ Chats, brought to you by Drama Queensland. Before we begin, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was recorded on, the Turrbal and Yagara people, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. I wish to thank them for their long and rich history of storytelling and acknowledge them as first artists, the first storytellers and the first creators of culture on this land. Welcome to another episode of DQ Chats. I am Sam Neill. I am the Vice President of Drama Queensland and I look after our communications portfolio and our national liaison with Drama Australia. Today, I am very excited because we are at um, the offices for Brisbane Festival who have released their upcoming amazing program ready for the month-long festival happening at the start of uh, September and I am joined by Louise Bazina who is our artistic director of Brisbane Festival and Fiona McDonald the creative producer welcome hi hello thank you for sharing your time with me this afternoon to talk about the wonderful opportunities coming up for Brisbane Festival this year it's very exciting to be able to not only have this right at our doorstep, but to also see what is available for all all walks of life to come and enjoy throughout the month of September and many different opportunities for anyone to really access and enjoy no matter where they are in this wonderful state. So I might start by getting you just to introduce yourself and um, welcome to the podcast. Great. Well, thank you very much for having myself and, and Fiona and an opportunity to talk to you about the program. Uh, there is a really diverse program on offer. Uh, it has a lot of incredible theatre uh, and of course it's a multidisciplinary program that's mm. filled with dance and music and circus and visual arts. Uh, but for this purpose I'm really proud to say we have an extraordinary theatre program available uh, that crosses First Nations theatre, world premieres of new Australian work. That's something we're very proud of. Yeah. Uh, we have theatre for young people, uh, theatre theater with music uh, as opposed to musical theatre. So I think there's a big difference there, yeah. but we can touch on that. <laughs> uh, spectacle, uh, the, the revival and, and reimagination of, of uh, epic Greek tragedies. Mm. Uh, and so... Yeah, there really is something for absolutely everyone. And the other great thing is, of course, we have an enormous free program available that uh, offers incredible access opportunities for anybody who would like to come and participate in the Brisbane Festival this year. But we do take over the entire city for 23 days. Wow. And um, this is the third festival for me as the artistic director um, and just proudly wanted to mention that I'm from Mackay originally, given oh, this nice. is Drama Queensland. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, yeah, that, you know, it's... Um, um, it's a real privilege, actually, to be in a position like this and, and also just knowing that it doesn't matter where you come from, actually. You don't have to be from Sydney or Melbourne or, in fact, even Brisbane, that you can come from anywhere and have you, fulfil your dreams yeah. if you work hard and, and the opportunities are presented to you in, in a way that you can seize them. And so hopefully we're offering that opportunity to young people across the state by accessing a range of arts uh, and cultural experiences. 
Yeah, it's certainly accessible, especially just through navigating the website um, to see what opportunities. And you can book ahead to travel down to experience some of the great things that are on offer, especially because it's all quite close together and so many events happening at the same time or can be accessed at different times throughout a, a particular day or an evening, which is really, really fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, you know, big opportunities for a number of our sites across the festival for people to kind of come and see a show and then there's either opportunities to see a second show or, you know, stick around and go to one of the incredible visual arts programs like the South Bank Hub. You could go to a show at the Piazza, you could go to a show at QPAC and then there's multiple, there's Ephemeral and there's the pool, there's all of these beautiful, you know, site-specific installations that you can wander through for free. You might catch some roving performers. You might catch some free music, you know, Mm. and then Powerhouse is the same. You can see Slow Boat and walk outside and catch Kaleidoscope, Metro Arts. You can, you know, go to one of the shows there and walk out and see one of Luke Jerem's incredible and enormous planets outside at West Village. There's there's so many things I think, you know, for particularly if people are kind of going, how do we do do this? I, I really think there's great opportunities for educators with students but also just families and and groups of friends to kind of get to see a bunch of things all at once in a beautiful kind of discovery and thematic way. I think one thing you just touched on uh, is actually quite surprising that students are the best form of word of mouth, (laughs) you know, advertising, especially when they experience something at school and then they run home and tell the family, we've got to go look at this. I saw this thing today. So that's actually a really great point. Um, Even just enjoying these experiences with families can really, you know, get that word of mouth out and um, more students and more families enjoying the experience. Yeah, I think the repeat visitation is really lovely, you know, when a a young person does go home and insists that they return on the weekend and get to do it again and show a sibling or a grandparent or a parent, you know, and and get to share in that experience and have a a different, you know, it's that lens idea as well when they're looking at something when they've been with a school group and then if they've got a younger or an older sibling and experiencing it again, that's a completely different experience. Yeah. Um, So, Fiona, you're the creative producer you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement? Sure. I, I'm one of many creative producers um, at the festival uh, and I work closely with Louise and our program director, uh, bringing the works together, really. So I'm on the ground with many of the companies who are making work and presenting work uh, and on the ground really coordinating everything from marketing materials to working with our production team, uh, you know, working closely with our venues, finding venues in some cases, whether it's, uh, you know, a park, whether it's a town hall, whether it's a theatre, uh, all of the various places that we um, work across Brisbane Festival uh, and pulling all of those elements together and really doing um, supporting the artists as best we can. Mm-hmm. So helping the artists to um, with what they need to best present their work basically in a festival context which is a slightly different context to some other ways of presenting work. Yeah that sounds like a lot of <laughs> a lot of involvement in time like how long does this typically well when does it typically start to form I guess? Well I'm already working on 23 and 24 festivals. Wow okay. So uh, particularly as the world 
has now reopened mm. in terms of an international context and collaboration opportunities with artists and companies across the world. Yeah. Um, but the other reason why, and I think that this is a significant shift for Brisbane Festival, we are largely becoming a major producer of new work and that takes so much more time and energy than presenting work that's already in existence and, yeah. and buying it and and, and that there is merit in that. There's a great mix of shows that we've brought in to the festival program this year that have been successful in other cities mm. and that Brisbane, Queensland audiences should have access to as well. Yep. However, we're playing a really, really vital role in making significant new work. Holding Achilles is one of those examples. Slow Boat is another example of yep. that. Uh, and without the Brisbane Festival, I truly don't think that those works would have ever made it certainly to the scale in which they're able to do within a festival environment and so then with Fiona's role as a creative producer it's such a significant part in coming out of you know the curatorial mind of of me and what I want to do and how I bounce off the mm. off the programming team uh, but then when you get into the nitty-gritty it, it really is um, such an integral role and I think because we are leading it as a producer and there's a reason why Fiona's role is called creative producer because there is such a big level of creativity uh, that that's needed to usher these productions to make them to the stage. Yeah, and yeah. to really navigate that, I mean, even just an original, you know, original new work is going to take a lot of time to get to a point where it can be as big as some of these larger international exactly. works that are coming in. And, I mean, the, the role that we play is sometimes everything from helping to find the right lighting designer, mm. set designer, uh, casting. Space. Exactly. And so, um, which is really, really incredibly exciting. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it, I think it does certainly add to the workload of, of particularly the producers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's, you know, it's thrilling as well. There's yeah. nothing for me and I, I tend to work on a lot of new works. It's my background in making theatre. Um, it's the process that I know and love very well. Yeah. Um, but it, it's thrilling, you know, to really kind of start on a work a year or two out and see it evolve and, you know, just helping the artists as, as you know, with wherever they need support to gently guide a work and help frame it in a festival context and see it get up and see it, you know, have an incredible audience. That whole journey is quite remarkable to watch. Yeah. And be a part of. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I think a lot of, especially with uh, students um, as they're embarking more into, a bit, I guess, a project-based learning um, with arts um, at the moment with our current senior, um, senior syllabus, the the focus on that process is quite new to students who tend to like to get in and create the the resolution to their artwork or their their performance piece so it's actually quite interesting to know that although you don't see it there's so much process that goes behind the scenes to producing a, a new work or even putting on a festival that within the sector there's so many places that you can find your passion still lies. You don't have to be a performer. You don't have Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that it's important to really consider, particularly the educators listening to this, we've got a really, I, I think we're facing a, a significant crisis in our industry around partic particularly the next generation of technical 
staff. Yes. Uh, yeah. We've got a massive shortage in that area. Mm. There's also a shortage of excellent arts marketers. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you tell that story? How do you communicate it? How are you... Uh, bringing to life the work of of the artist in and selling tickets and thinking of strategy we've really that's a and all of it 100% relies on creativity and creative problem solving mm. you know everything is affiliated at the end of the day we're all working for the greater good of an artist putting a work on stage for an audience to enjoy all of us are working towards that same goal and i can pretty much guarantee that just about everyone in this building probably started in a drama classroom. Oh, yeah. You know, like Lou and I were just or saying music. that we both, yeah. Yeah, music music students, dancers, dancers as well. Yeah. You know, like Lou and I were both kind of laughing. I'm from Bundaberg, full disclosure. <laughs> um, you know, growing up in the, the community drama halls and the, you know, the speech and drama lessons in our small towns. But that's actually all part of what gives us the skills to do these jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily that, like Lou and I, I'm sure Lou wanted to be a director and I wanted to be an actress. I Neither of us are doing those direct jobs, mm. but it's those experiences that we had in searching for that avenue that got us Absolutely. here and gave us those skills to come into a creative sector, to work, you know, creatively with other people mm. and the collaboration skills, you know, all of that yes. incredible foundation mm. that, that students are doing in particularly, I think, high school, you know, in the drama classroom, that collaboration, that listening to people, being able to observe, mm. that's crucial for everything mm. from, yes, our tech team, our marketers, you know, we absolutely need all of those people to have incredible communication skills, incredible problem-solving skills, know how to work in a team, know how to listen, know how to put a show on. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff so critical. So, you know, I think for those drama teachers out there too who are having to fight hard for the reason, um, there are so many reasons. Not everyone's going to come out and be an actress, but this, this sector desperately needs really great people yeah. going forward. Absolutely. We are definitely, you know, looking down the barrel of having you know, a bit of a deficit in some of our um, workforce at the moment. Mm. I think the the idea of collaboration is really something key that students can take away from arts learning and whether it's under, you know, critical or creative thinking, mm-hmm. we're making really well-rounded students and well-rounded people who can jump into the sector and really um, dive into something in a, in a creative outlet yeah. uh, and, and be okay. Yeah. You know, it's that inner that inner self and the the drawing on their own emotions mm. to be able to connect to a work or connect to a, a program. That empathy, empathy. Mm. You know, really flexing the empathy muscle is really critical, and that's you know the primary kind of end of things and that really early years bracket. That empathy development and getting children to the theatre really young and helping you know stories and music and all of those things with that empathy development. It's so critical as mm. they get older and as because that just helps to be able to look and go, yes, I can see that person's having trouble or I can see that different perspective and it just helps with all of those other skills, yeah. you know. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'd actually like to dive into the festival mm. a bit if you yes, um, had some really some wonderful highlights or um, key things that we might expect from um, seeing and enjoying at the festival. Yeah, definitely. I can start. I might start with our littlest, our youngest uh, audience members. Uh, there's a beautiful show coming up from Adelaide uh, by Patch Theatre called Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my my little people along last year to it in Adelaide. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's 
the perfect uh, early or first theatre experience. It's specifically made for three to ten-year-olds. I reckon you could probably push a bit younger than that too. Uh, I took my five-month-old and she loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, down at Metro Arts and it's a gorgeous, um, gentle, warm experience but it's one of those theatre experiences that as a parent or carer or, or whoever you are going along with a little person, you'll actually be incredibly impressed right. by what you're watching. Um, Jeff Cobham, who is the artistic director of Patch and the director of this work, is um, has spent most of his career as a lighting designer and oh, yeah. loves technology. And so this work is, you know, based on a, a children's book and brought to life by a little girl who's left alone in her bedroom and, and a bit bored and her bedroom comes to life. And so there's this incredible projection mapping and projection and uh, lighting and lasers. Uh, and to incorporate the work and make it interactive on their way into the theatre, the children are asked to put a piece of dark into a black bag and in response they get a piece of light. And initially when they when you walk in you're thinking this is just some weird tablet thing but in the middle of the show of course it comes to life and the whole audience is sitting there with an interactive light in their hand mm. and they become part of the journey on wow. the show so it's a gorgeous kind of first or early theater experience it's non-verbal uh it's short and sharp it's not too overwhelming it's not loud and in your face you know it's really great i think for both the family experience and the kind of kindy and the and the early primary experience as well really amazing technology meets beautiful theatricality. Wow. Yeah, selling that one. Yeah, that, like that sounds amazing. And also you get to see Luke Jerome's. Uh, actually, that week will be it will be Museum of the Moon outside. So you get to walk out from this incredible kind of space experience and see this glorious moon wow. hanging out at West Village. So it's a, a fun, fun day out. Yeah, very big. It is big. It is big. And they've got really great education notes because Patch has been making theatre for little people for about 50 years. So they know what they're doing and yeah. they've got every every resource you can you can desire. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I might uh, add in another production. Yeah. <laughs> this one's for more the high school theatre students. Mm. Uh, and this is Slow Boat. And this is a produ production that we're doing with uh, Play Lab. Yeah. And it is by Anna Yen. Anna Yen uh, is a fantastic theatre maker, theatre uh, actor, writer, and also a circus performer. And this is a, a story that's very personal for her. It's mm. the story of her father and his journey travelling to Australia and an unexpected arrival, in fact, to Australia, Brisbane, uh, after World War II. Mm. Uh, this this play is, is really, really exceptional. I had the great privilege of attending a play reading um, almost two years ago now, oh, wow. and I was really captivated and really enjoyed, uh, the, uh, really enjoyed the storytelling. I thought it was magnificent. What's really special about this work is it's a true story. It's based on true events. Mm. It's located largely in Brisbane. It's it's uh, a story of a part of our community that we don't know a lot about. I love the fact that. This was a journey of discovery for Anna in the way she had to research and find out about her father's journey because it was something that she, he didn't talk a lot about. Yeah. In addition to all of those things and the hardship in which these men faced, it's it's very much honed in on, well, actually six men mm -hmm. and their arrival to Australia and the many, many challenges that they faced from Nauru Mm. arriving in Australia, but they, they're based at the Balimba Dockyards, which is 
geographically straight across from the Brisbane Powerhouse, which is where we're presenting this work. Yeah. And part of the, the the group of men's way of integrating into the local community uh, and something that was quite natural to them was putting on productions. And so there's a show within a show oh. in this production. And so you get to have these kind of moments of coming in and out of the journey but also experiencing these productions that they would put on that traverse Chinese opera, circus, vaudeville, um, Etc. And so you're you're transported into all of these different worlds, and you're seeing the lens through ch- six Chinese men, mm. uh, and it's really a magnificent production. Anyone interested in history, anyone interested in learning more about the di- diverse communities that make up our incredible country, yeah, uh, incredible storytelling. I highly recommend this production. Uh, it will be a very special piece of theatre that um, I think will really touch a lot of people's hearts when they go and experience it during the festival. Yeah, that sounds really... And the set and costume designs are stunning mm. and the Brisbane Powerhouse is such a wonderful venue and it feels like the perfect place. So, yeah, definitely get along to mm. Slow Boat by Anna Yen. Yeah, that sounds really humbling to, I'm sure, that the story's all coming together and it'll have impact on many audiences and they won't even know it until they, they actually get to see it. Exactly, mm. exactly. Uh, Another incredible work is Holding Achilles and what's really fantastic about this work, again, I would say definitely for more the senior students, Mm. uh, this is a production of scale. It's the reimagining of a Greek tragedy told Deb Puppet Society have an incredible history of making extraordinary work. That's a reimagining of a classic tale uh, and they're doing it in collaboration with Legs on the Wall who are an incredible physical theatre company based in Sydney. Yeah. And so they've teamed up to make a production of significant scale and it is the, it is the untold story of the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus and the love that they find in each other through... Um, the most dramatic of settings being in part of a Greek tragedy. And so, um, but there's puppetry, exquisite puppetry, exquisite Mm. lighting. The set design is outstandingly beautiful, as is the costumes. In addition to all of that is the music that has been created for this production and performed live by Montaigne, who is a significant Australian contemporary musician uh, who I cannot wait to see singing these incredibly epic soaring sounds Mm. that really locate the work in this almost operatic uh, form of performance style with a great script, incredible text, great physicality that helped to really bring to life some of those um, big moments that you imagine within a Greek yeah. tragedy, the war, uh, the the love, the, the passion, the it's drama. It's just the passion, yeah. It, it's yeah. just such a significant piece of, um, of theatre that mm. we will again be presenting the world premiere of and this is taking place at, again at the opening of the festival. Uh, in uh, Acupac on the Playhouse stage. So Wonderful. you'll be certainly treated to a visual extravaganza and mm. an, a sound extravaganza as well. It definitely traverses. I mean, at the heart of it, I would call it theatre. However, it definitely goes into music. 
and dance uh, and and design. I mean, that comes in with everything, yeah. really. But um, puppetry, puppetry, will be amazing, I think as well. Oh, they're so exquisite. Be so great. Yeah. Uh, I'll just quickly talk about fourteen, and then um, Fee, I'll hand over to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so fourteen. Look, this is absolutely essential for I think a lot of again high school drama students but I also just think it's a, it's a work that anyone should come and see like all of these productions yeah. but 14 is the stage adaptation of Shake and Stir's coming of age novel by Shannon Malloy. Shannon Malloy is a well-respected uh writer Australian journalist mm. but this is his story of his 14th year growing up in regional Queensland attending an all-boys school, Catholic school, in Mm. Yapoon. And his story of coming out as a young gay man and um, he faced an extraordinarily difficult period of time and there's some pretty gut-wrenching parts in this production. Mm. But it's a story of resilience. It's a story of hope. It's a story that I think speaks to a lot of people who have had to face enormous hurdles in their life. Uh, The theatre making for this is absolutely superb. The script is excellent. The adaptation is really well done. It's set in the 90s, so there's great 90s hits, (laughs) great great 90s fashion. It definitely feels like you're in that kind of school environment of, well, I felt like it looked like the school I went to in Mackay. But I think lots of people will resonate with Mm. this. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, and again, I highly recommend this one. This is taking place in the Cremorne Theatre uh, again at the opening of the festival. So you could do 14 and Achilles all in one day, potentially. Um, big day, but <laughs> big day, but excellent worth it. day. Excellent day out. <laughs> I think it's worth really, I'm just going to stick on my Metro Arts theme. Um, I think Mistro Bufo is worth noting. You know, it's one of our international works, which is really exciting to have international artists coming back this yes. year. Um, this is an incredible solo work. So this is one of, you know, Dario Fo's seminal works. Um, and this is by, it's performed by Julian Spooner from... Uh, he's one of the co-artistic directors of Rum and Clay uh, coming out of uh, the UK. And they're really incredible, um, you know, contemporary theatre makers. Uh, and this is a real, you know, it's a, it's one of those really remarkable solo works. We see him play 28 or so characters. Uh, he, he has to transform physically. You know, it's just him on stage. It's really stripped back. Uh, I think it's one of those um, those works for... Uh, senior drama students, particularly people, you know, those students who are kind of interested in craft and honing their yeah. craft, this is one of those works that's going to make them go, oh, my God, he's so good. How do I get that good? Yeah. You know, like, and I think one of those storytellers, one of those performers who takes your breath away, um, that's what this work demands in a performer and that's, you know, what Julian does. Uh, It's also probably worth noting, probably more for the educators than the students, that Julian's running a masterclass on the final Saturday. Fantastic. Uh, It's got a really limited number of places, but there is a masterclass running alongside it. So I would um, have a look if, you know, particularly drama teachers who are really keen to have something to pass on to students. Yeah, totally. Yeah, super exciting. And then I might jump over to one of our site-specific dance works for something different. Amazing. Um, and tell you a little bit about Gutted. 
Uh, and Gutted is uh, set at Kingpin Termside, so it's set in a bowling alley. <laughs> and it's by a really um, uh, incredible uh, company from Adelaide, Restless Dance Theatre. And Restless uh, is a, a dance company that works with people who both have and do not have uh, disabilities. Oh, yes. And this work is uh, its quite incredible. It's for a very small audience. It's only for 50 people set in a private room, uh, with private bowling alley room. Uh, and it's all about the extra care in inverted commas <laughs> and the, the kind of the smothering of risk that uh, is applied to people who have disabilities, mm. you know. So it's that kind of asking that question and saying, what would it be like, when was the last time you went bowling? What would it be like if everyone gave you the little, you know, the um, shutters and put gave you the little ramp and took all the fun and the risk out of it, you know, and it's shining a light on that moment to go risk is fun, risk is everything, uh, but it's doing it in with this incredible dance theatre company and it's yeah. a contemporary dance work and it has some gorgeous immersive moments and it's going to be one of our, I think, really special intimate works. Yeah. Um, and also to kind of walk in, it's literally at Westfield Termside, you know, <laughs> you've got to kind of go through the shopping centre to get to Kingpin to find this really remarkable dance theatre work. Um, so I think if there's anyone who, and it is, it is truly dance theatre, you know, it's that beautiful merging of this contemporary yeah. dance, there's theatricality to it. Uh, I think people who are interested in something a little different, in site-specific work, this is a really beautiful work. And I think interesting for teenagers too. Yeah, I was just going to say, it you sounds know? <laughs> like it will be really, uh, it will really challenge them as an audience in ways that they probably haven't, I guess, organically felt challenged, yeah. you know, and to go along and see something like that to really be challenged about where they fit in in the social construct or in a situation, I think that sounds really... Yeah, and I think, you know, particularly for for young people who are coming of age, you know, it, there's that, that split with their parents, their grandparents, even with school sometimes where they might still be being smothered a little bit. So I think there's a bit of a universal theme there about mm. going, hey, shackles off here, I can do this myself. Mm. You know, I think that's a really strong moment for young people to be like, yeah, actually I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Look, I would like to talk to you about Aftermath and there's a reason why I feel really passionate about this work. Uh, I, I mean, for me... There was a really critical moment in my life when I was a dancer for my entire life as a young person and actually even before wanting to be a director, the thing I wanted to be mostly was a dancer. Mm. But growing up in regional Queensland, you really only – at back – look, this is 20 years ago or more um, – <laughs> I was only exposed to really ballet and classical dance essentially mm. – and it was when I actually attended in my first year of university a contemporary dance piece that at the Brisbane Festival that I completely changed my mind about my life oh. and um, because I'd never seen contemporary dance before. Yeah. I'd never experienced it. And I think if I had been exposed to contemporary dance as a, as a younger person, I mean, I was only 17 or 18 mm. when I saw it, but in a way the ship had sailed for yeah. me, you've really got to have those moments much younger to define your path if you want to have a career as a dancer in particular. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I, I have such a passion for contemporary performance 
holistically, but particularly with contemporary dance. With this work, Aftermath is an exceptional piece. We are actually bringing it back to the festival. It it had a, a short season at the Brisbane Powerhouse last year mm-hmm. and I was completely blown away by the work, the physicality, but also the musicianship that sits behind it and the composition is also remarkable. Mm. Um, Australasian Dance Collective, a Queensland company uh, led by Amy Hollingsworth. This work was choreographed by Jack Lister, who's an exceptional talent. The music is performed live by Danny Hurley from Kite String Tangle, who's a very cool contemporary electronic-based musician and he performs on like this kind of Lazy Susan-style DJ Revolver. Revolving. Mm. It's really amazing. And as I said, it's an hour of intense physicality. The performance is really, really, really good. And so the challenge to the company is how do you adapt it outside of a theatre like the Brisbane Powerhouse and put it into the piazza, which has some limitations but also some wonderful new considerations to take into the way it's presented. So I I think that Aftermath's a real treat. I think it's something that should be Mm -hmm. seen by by young dancers in particular, Um, anyone from... You know, I would think anyone from 12 up could really experience this, this yeah. incredible piece. It's 60 minutes. It's it's hard hitting, not in the sense that it, there's anything controversial about it. It's just intense physicality. And then it's really the what happens within the aftermath. Yeah. So, yeah, another one uh, to put in the mix. There's an enormous dance program across the board. Yeah. So in addition to the big theatre program, we haven't even touched on um, – wonderful works like Sunshine Supergirl, which is the story of Yvonne Goolagong-Cawley, who's an Australian icon, legend, Mm. international tennis superstar, uh, and this incredible story of resilience and someone who rose to be an international superstar. The theatre, this is a landmark piece of Australian theatre, so that's Mm. also happening. So there's enormous amounts of work to be experienced. So I really think that everybody needs to spend all of September in Brisbane. Absolutely. Come and join us. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think one of the things that really resonates is the fact that it's the, the multidisciplinary focus. And I was just looking here that the that aftermath is in the piazza. Yeah. And there's so much around that area yeah. that you can engage in the festival as well to, to keep it going, you know, arrive early keep going afterwards and it doesn't have to cost you anything either as Fiona mentioned earlier there's incredible uh free installations to experience in in the garden uh we have a beautiful uh piece of theatre that's been made by um, Clint Bolster and Annie Lee that's set up Bolster and Lee another beautiful piece of performance uh free music, uh, there's lots going on. It is our festival hub, BOQ Festival Garden at Southbank. Yeah. So, yeah, very accessible. Yes. And I guess this this aspect of it being free as well is very much alluring for, um, especially for educators, to be able to inform their students that these are all on and these are free. You know, the limitations for you to engage and interact with these um, these different uh, different experiences that they wouldn't normally see I know I was, I was talking before about Luke Jerram's Gaia and I'd only seen pictures and I was talking to students, like, you know, maybe three, four years ago about this amazing and I could, in my mind I was like, yeah, I wish I could just travel and go and see it and wherever it was and now it's here. So yeah, one of, that thing for me 
is I know will happen with students when they actually engage with the program and they can see that they can actually go right here and see it right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of inspiration to happen, you know, and and I think as well, speaking with my, you know, past regional kid growing up in the regions is the thing about a festival as opposed to just, you know, a regular kind of trip to Brisbane or something is there's just so much on at once. Mm. And you just, you kind of, you come, you know, that, that incredible opportunity, certainly I know from me, from my high school days, you'd get on the bus, you'd come down to Brisbane, you'd see four shows, you know, and then schlep all the way back. But that one trip, getting to see four shows, getting to see all of these installations, getting to see all of these things would fill the cup for a mm. whole year. Absolutely. You know? And they're really experiences that have stuck in my mind, both positive and negative. I remember seeing a show that I completely hated. I hated it and I was falling asleep and I like was whinging to my drama <laughs> teacher being like, I hate this show. And she's like, that's great. It's so good, good that you're having this negative experience, you know, but it stuck with me because of her reaction as well, you know, yeah. and that conversation mm. that we had about why don't you like it and, and it was because also I'd seen some really remarkable work that had really hit my heartstrings as a young person the day before and then I saw this old fuddy-duddy show that I didn't like and, you know... <laughs> Yeah. It was quite amazing. But that's all of that stuff that as a maker, as an artist, as a creative person, they're all those really great experiences that help you form opinions, that help you work out what you want to make or what you want to see. And I think that's all really healthy. But it's also just that inspiration, Yeah, you know, to be able to walk away and go, wasn't that just incredible? Yeah. And to be, I think that just getting on a trip, and going yep. away from what's normal. Absolutely. It's good for the soul. Absolutely. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm. When teachers and students can start to engage with this, where's the best place that they can go to find information, contact, tell yeah. you all the things they loved and may not have loved? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great question. Uh, on our What's, if you go to the Brisbane Festival website, www.brisbanefestival.com.au, What's on schools. There's a page just for schools. It's got all of our shows that we have uh, our education resources linked to. Um, most of those shows on that page have a school's price. Wonderful. Uh, and then if, you know, and really particularly if you're wanting to kind of plan a day out, if you're kind of thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind bringing the students to this show, but I really need to make it worth their while. You know, I think get in touch. And uh, the best email address is education at brisbanefestival.com.au. It's me on the other end of that email address. Um, You know, so I think if you have questions, whether you're you're a kindergarten teacher, a primary teacher, secondary, reach out, I think, you know, and and we're working closely with the good people at uh, DQ, thanks, Sam, uh, to, you know, help make our program really accessible to to schools and to educators this year and hopefully into the future as well. So don't hesitate to get in touch. We really would love to know um, what it is that you need. You know, if you need a fire evac plan to put in your risk assessment, (laughs) send us an email. There's, There's addresses on our website. Just jump on the web and have a look um, and we can post you out a hard copy program if that makes things easier all of that stuff just yeah. Yeah, get in touch and jump on the web wonderful well louise and fiona thank you so much for your time and for really engaging in a wonderful chat about the soul of what we like to do as audiences of creative 
outlets and different and different art forms and it's about engaging and it's about finding moments that really stick with us and I think um, teachers and students really will engage incredibly well with what's on offer in this program and I know I'm excited I have a lots of tickets booked um, for different Very events good, Sam. <laughs> and um, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are just as excited as I am for this year's festival so thank you very much thank for your you. time thanks for having us I really appreciate Drama Queensland taking such an interest in the festival it's really great yeah. so yeah wonderful thank you thank you very much 